0: Hello! You're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hello, Peter. How's the finger gun? The finger
1: gun... You know what? I didn't do it. I did... What I did this time... No! ...was like, that's it, end of podcast, <laughs> we're done. I, I sort of threw both hands up in the air.
0: <gasps> it's me, Peter! Yeah, sure. exactly.
1: <laughs> Waving around like you just don't care. How are you doing? Doing great. Yeah, yeah. I've got some nicer weather coming. I've got to build a shed Ooh. this weekend, so sort of Ooh. hoping that the bad weather a was going to stick around. Well, no, it's it's a, it's a shed for my my partner to do like make things. in. Even. No. Oh. <laughs> well, one can hope. <laughs> no. Um. Uh, she's she's restarting. She's got like an Etsy shop that um she sold sells things she's designed. She's a designer, professional designer. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. one of the things she's doing is looking at starting back up some product sales. So yeah, the shed is somewhere where she can go and build stuff where I'm not irritating her. (laughs) Uh, I see. Yes. Yeah, that sounds
0: nice. That could be fun. Yeah. How about you? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Funnily enough, I was thinking about my shed this morning and thinking, should I buy a fingerboard, which is a bit of climbing apparatus and ask my landlady if I can drill it into the side of the shed and use that to do fingerboard practice which is basically pull-ups just on your fingers so yeah yeah, I'm also in the shed zone I went climbing yesterday and I was shockingly weak and I was like (laughs) I can't I can't get any stronger if I can only go climbing once a fortnight I need more at-home strength maybe I need a fingerboard yeah, you know that your hobby is get, taking over when you're starting to purchase things that you fit to the fabric of your home. Yes. We have dug into the archives. We have another one of our long-lost Dunwich first looks that we're diving yeah. into. We've got into the swing of these, haven't we? I think we did the
1: first one quite a while ago. Mm-hmm.
0: And then, I mean, hang on, Peter. We did them all when Dunwich was out.
1: Yeah. That's quite a while ago, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. And we're just... Digging out the footage now. Yeah. And then we released <laughs> that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good pivot. Last yeah, year. I like it. Yeah. And then they the... got very delayed. Yeah, yeah. And I had the thing that I didn't like, which is like, oh no, we've started a thing and then our enthusiasm for it has waned. But actually, our enthusiasm for it hasn't waned. It's
1: kind of grown. Yeah, exactly. It has, yeah. People say that, don't say waxed as much as waned, do they?
0: No, it's true. So, we need the Amazing Deciding device. We've got two classes left, Rogue and Mystic. Peter, do you want to spin that wheel and we see what we're doing?
1: The the ADD? Yeah, I'll give it a spin. What's the ADD? The Amazing Deciding device. (laughs) Yes. Yes, thank you. Right, I'll spin that wheel. Oh, and we're on Rogue. Exciting. Rogue. Okay. Okay. Don't much rogue. What's, what's, your, what's your, before we look at the cards,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I haven't looked at the all of the cards left for us to review. <laughs> I haven't looked at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so often I'll, well, I'll review all of the cards, because I don't know which faction is yeah. going to come up the night before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I haven't done that this time. What okay. Do you, what, what's, what's your, I don't know whether you have, what's your kind of yeah. impression okay. of rogue?
0: Hmm. A couple of cards are springing to mind, which is Streetwise and Gold Pocket Watch. Otherwise, I'm pu- honestly, I'm pulling a bit of a blank, which in itself says something about where was Rogue at that point. Some of the cards I think of as the most roguish cards are things like the Favors that come a lot later. And the other thing I'd say probably is Corset Rogue, I would say, has a bit of a woolly identity. In that it has some weapons, but they don't compare particularly well with Guardian weapons. That, that would be my kind of instinct. How about for you?
1: Yeah, I, I, th- I think I, I don't disagree. I think it came out of the core set as, especially with Skids being the investigator, mm-hmm. it came out of the core set as not having a strong, like, it was like, oh, he can fight, but not as well as Guardian. Mm-hmm. and the idea that Rogue could do things like spend money to achieve things or could uh, focus a build around evasion or could also mm-hmm. turn its hands to, as a class turn its hands to investigation none mm-hmm. of those things were as well established I don't think
2: mm-hmm. and then exactly. of course
1: when we're already in a situation where we don't have a strong class identity who do we get as the investigator <laughs> we get mm-hmm. Jenny Barnes, all three stats with a with a an ability that doesn't tie into any of the kind of core abilities of the game. Yeah. It's a purely econ ability. So yeah, yeah. I, I think I tend to agree with you. I going into this cycle I didn't know what rogue was was going to be. The one that sticks mm. out in my head is is adaptable. Oh, yeah. Okay, well that's coming up, which we'll we'll talk about. And in fact, we talked about that very early on. I think I that mm-hmm. second we gave an adaptable second episode. Yeah, second recording. Session was maybe about adaptable, was it?
0: Wow, good memory. If so, it's very early, yeah. And adaptable and delve too deep, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two of the kind of, I suppose, what their campaign mechanic defining, you know, experience defining cards rather than gameplay defining cards. Well, you started mentioning Jenny, so we we start these these Dunwich reviews with the investigator just briefly. Very quick to describe her. She's threes across the board. She gets an additional resource during each upkeep phase. Her elder sign effect is plus one, for e- plus one for each resource you have. And she's got the lovely health and sanity of eight, seven. She's pretty robust. Yeah. Funnily enough, when you mentioned Skids as well, I was thinking, wow, Skids would love to have Jenny's ability on top of Skids' extra action ability. That would obviously be broken Yeah, strong, that, I mean, yeah, that would be good. <laughs> what we see straight away... From our two initial rogue investigators, is they care about
1: resources. Yeah, you that's could, the feature. It's not a skids. Of course, you could just spend two resources to get the extra action, and then use that to gain a resource, and then you'd be as good as Jenny.
0: <laughs> yeah, but but it's cost you two resources.
1: Yeah. Oh sure, I mean I guess so, but yeah, that's, that's the, the skids fallacy. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I guess maybe maybe I'm being too narrow-minded with thinking about what they do and maybe there's other things they do, which is resources, as pointed out here, and Skids, of course, points us towards extra actions. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that, you know, we saw Leo De Luca in the corset, we saw uh, burglary, like they had ways of getting resources and a uh, hot streak as well, and ways of getting extra actions. So maybe that's also something to bear in mind for the class. Yeah, yeah. Now you, we did a Jenny episode very early on, probably one of the first four we did, because I was a big fan of Jenny and I liked her flexibility. I liked that you could use the Dunwich Splash to turn her to a lot of different things. You are much less keen on Jenny, but you're playing Jenny at the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I built a, a Preston Big Money deck to play in Scarlet Keys because there's been quite a few more Big Money cards come out since I last played Preston.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. so yeah. a lot of the kind of Bob support we had in Edge of the Earth also applies to that kind of build and mm-hmm. as I was going through I was, there was so much XP I wanted to spend and I remembered that Jenny gets well, I remember what I could do is is if I was in Jenny I could not only use the Green Man Medallion which is, mm-hmm. allows you to, to trade in resources for experience but I could also use one of my Splashes to take down the rabbit hole which saves you a yep. little bit of experience as well if you plan your upgrades, upgrades carefully. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm playing Jenny at the moment. What I was going to say is, is funny is that her Elder Sign of ability is plus one for each resource you have. So most of the time it's a complete hat on a hat in terms of passing a test when you're playing big mm-hmm. money. So it's like, ah, oh, it's plus 20. But I tweet that you could take... This, I mean, this is old news, but Lucky Cigarette Case level 3. And like get mm. like a full deck search if you pass a test with the elder sign.
0: Yeah, lucky cigarette case three with the succeed by X build generally is obscene. Yeah, because you put all of these extra resources in to succeed by a high threshold, and then you do and you get a big reward. You know, same with all in and getting five cards out of it. You actually want to pile in other commits or boosting your stat in some other way to do that.
1: But, yeah, it's, it's a good point. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, Jenny, I guess. Yeah. She's very straight up and down, really, isn't she? She is,
1: yeah. She gives you extra money, flat stats. And this. what I like is that the flat stats are tied to a deck building ability, which gives her flexibility. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. She, she doesn't have a terrible stat in whatever you want her to do, and she can mm-hmm. pick up cards from a relevant faction to boost that stat. I mean, yeah. you're not gonna make yeah. her a, a spellcaster, but if you wanna make her, her an investigator, you know, you could put in two um fingerprint kits and two Doctor Blan. Yeah. Yeah. And you Absolutely. know you know, that's 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 helping her. Or, you know, if you wanna go the more combat direction, put in two machetes and two beat cops, that kind of thing. You have that
0: that choice to sort of build around the stats however you want to. Yeah. I think I am coming around to the idea that flat stats are hard to build around, which I know was your sort of initial position. It doesn't really lead you any direction. Get yesterday, the, the, late. Yeah. The, the the positive of that as well is that what you gain from that threes across the board is that you gain a degree of mythos protection that other investigators don't have. Like, I don't need to think too carefully about how am I shoring up a nasty Frozen in Fear or a nasty, I don't know, an intellect treachery, there are some, because I've, I've got this base level of, well, I can try. It, it doesn't mean that there's still tests where you wouldn't want to really boost to be really safe. Of course there are, but you sort of are passively a fairly robust, like I would link it to say Ash Campete's four willpower, three agility. It's like, that's a pretty solid place to be for just, dealing with most treacheries and Jenny's it's similar three three um it's not again it's not great I'm not saying this is better than being say a mystic and having five willpower and blasting your way through every willpower treachery but in a class that has low willpower most of the time yeah, willpower I think, willpower, it's I not think bad.
1: only Kaimani has three and mm-hmm. Safina has four but, but I mean Safina is, is best known as a spell casting character Yes. So, mm-hmm. in terms of Jenny, when it comes to willpower, she's top of the pops, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's in the top three. Yeah. So that's no no bad thing. Joint second. Mm. Joint second mm-hmm. behind the spellcasting character. So you know that's it's decent willpower. Brackets. Mm-hmm. Brackets for a rogue. Yeah. <laughs> Close brackets.
0: Right. Let's dive into our cards. Yeah. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna. Everyone gets the lovely rustle as I flip through some pages. Oh! I accidentally punched the desk. <laughs> uh, okay, first of all, we have an asset. It is Liquid Courage. One cost and a willpower icon. And it has the item and illicit traits. Uh, Uses four supplies. Action, spend one supply. Choose an investigator at your location to heal one horror. Then that investigator tests two willpower. If the test succeeds, he or she heals one additional horror... If the test fails, he or she discards one card at random from his or her hand. It's a classic card where they should have used they. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which they have switched to using. They have least, switched but... to using, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't make this any less of a mouthful. Mm. Unintended. Mm. So this it joins one of my favourite bands of cards, which are cards that are alcoholic drinks. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: It's has a horror healing effect unlike the Sour Mash which has a kind of willpower boosting effect Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and it's weird that they're kind of contrasting aren't they because Tennessee Sour Mash is nice as does it have two or three charges on it in its base form Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't remember It's like it's like a couple of guts on a card which can then be turned into a weapon. It's nice, I like, two I like that.
0: yeah there we go. two supplies so
1: it's two guts which turns into a weapon when you've used the guts. Mm-hmm. this on the other hand is sort of it's 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 healing horror healing, which has always mm-hmm. had a bit more of a a difficult battle to justify itself in a deck mm
2: mm-hmm. mm
1: doesn't also doesn't you don't get an option between horror and damage
2: mm-hmm
1: And it also relies on a willpower test for the additional horror healing,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: which is not, as discussed, not great in faction.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So who takes this card? (laughs) (laughs) Spend five actions, heal eight horror is what Liquid Courage proposes, but with four willpower tests. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's not great in that way. Well, there's a couple of sort of angles to look at with this card, because it is an odd little card, and I'm very fond of it, but I often find I don't run it. I'm I'm
1: exactly the same. I really like Mm. the theme on it. I think it's, it's a very thematic card. I just sadly don't think it's very good. Yeah, so the fun little
0: angles here are, of course, it heals other people as well. So it could be that you run Liquid Courage in Rogue, you have lots of actions because you're a rogue, so you don't mind dedicating an occasional spare action to heal someone else and particularly if you have say a low sanity guardian or someone who's been unlucky and is feeling a little bit worried about sanity you can throw out some healing that's option one option two the other sort of angle here or yeah it's not even an option is if you're healing yourself and you have lots of extra actions maybe you don't mind discarding cards because you've got extra actions to draw more cards so the downside is mitigated by the fact that it's in this faction. This faction has lots of ways of drawing cards, or has some very good ways of drawing cards, like the Lucky Cigarette case. Hmm. That's kind of where I'm going to with that. The other thing, of course, is that Carolyn can take it because it heals horror. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, what's what are the positives for her taking it? It's cheap. It's only one cost. No slot. No slot, yeah. I mean, it's not particularly efficient in how it heals horror. It falls into the... You you named the problems in terms of it only heals one of the two. It only heals investigators. It doesn't heal allies. The other downside, I'd say, is that asset healing is not as good as event healing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Hallowed Mirror is an asset, but it gives you three events. So, yeah. Hmm. Anything going on here now with the illicit traits? Is Are you putting this in your um, hidden pocket? Are you... <laughs> Playing it with, I'll take that. Are you putting it in your underworld market? Mm. Mm. I mean, you could have it as a one of in your underworld market and play it if you need it. I but, guess,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think that the, the, there is an upgraded version of this that came in Winnie's pack, I think, mm-hmm. which is a bit better. It's only one XP from memory as well, and it, it's it's fiddle stuff. I think that the the most important thing it does is it shifts the willpower test onto the the Healy rather than onto the
0: the user. Ah, good point. Yes, it does. If
1: they succeed,
0: they draw a card. And if they fail, they heal an additional horror and discard a card. That's a weird, weird card. So it's one horror and a card, or two horror and lose a card. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. My final point for it would be, as I've said a couple of times in the cast, I think that going to play Arkham events that go long where healing becomes more important because you can't finish a scenario in in a few turns and get out. You often are ending up hanging around. Healing gains a little bit more stock
1: and in that situation. There's not many other options in faction 4 rogue for healing either, is there? Mm. I can't think of many off the top of my head. Yeah. Lonnie it's Ritter. challenging
0: me here. Yeah. Yeah. They're not. They don't spring to mind as the great healing faction do they cheat no. death yeah there <laughs> i we know go. cheat death for all the times <laughs> i've made cheat death legal for vincent and for carolyn 5xp <laughs> card that happens to have some healing on it okay well shall i move us on yeah let's move on so next we have an event it's the one cost event think on your feet it has intellect and agility icons it's trick treated. fast play when an enemy would spawn at your location. Immediately move to a connecting location. The enemy still spawns at your previous location. This is the card that gave the name to the series on the podcast, Think on Your
1: Feet. Yeah. I'm just imagining you like that it's the Leo meme pointing at the TV. <laughs> yeah. Why did you pick this as the name of... I don't think we made a decision together to pick this as the name.
0: No, I, I think I chose, yeah. I think because I'm it was recording and I was thinking on my feet... And describing what I'm doing. And it's also, I think, a cute card, maybe? Maybe it follows our... Is it a rule of picking events <laughs> for names of things that we do on the podcast? Mm-hmm. Like like Drawn to the Flame? Don't know if you've heard of it. I believe one of the first things I recorded was Safina Dunich, where I did run this card okay. as well. I think that was the second series I did. So at the time of deciding to do live recording was pretty early in the game. It must, Carcoaster must have been out because I played Safina. And this was a card that was fairly good in her at
1: that time, playing solo. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because you, Cause you could paint it as well.
1: Yeah, of course, yeah. I, I don't really have that much experience of using this, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's one of the ones I've put in decks but never quite... I don't know, Is is there more play on this when you're playing solo
0: mm-hmm.
1: maybe that's the one point i was gonna make yeah i'm just i'm I'm racking my brains to think of when i don't think it's a bad car but i i'm struggling to think of a situation where i or someone at my table has used it yeah and i've been because yeah. i feel like if someone used it it would be a really slick play mm-hmm. and yet i can't think of any examples
0: And it sets up all sorts of other things that aren't written on the card, but are, you know, consequences of playing the card. So, for instance, I play this card and move away and the fighter is still at my location. That means the enemy engages them rather than me. Yeah. Or even you can play this when you're not drawing the enemy, when someone else is. So if you want to be the first to go into a location, all it requires is someone in Mythos to draw an enemy. And as long as they're going to spawn at your location, you're out of there, which is also kind of a weird side bet. Like it's it, at that time, it's almost the rogue shortcut. You get a, a move out of sequence and do something.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: In solo, I think it leads to another thing that's hard to describe, but it's something that you put you learn to do if you have it in hand, which is about good positioning. So if you can finish your turn at a location that you've cleared... And you then draw an enemy that's not something you need to deal with. You're not a hunter. One cost and a card. You don't need to test to get away from them. You don't need to spend an action to evade them. You're just done, and they're left behind. It's a little bit like when I was playing Daryl recently. If I was thinking I was going to drop clues using Malison or using Forwarned or something like that, I would try and make sure that I clear the location I'm at, and. That maybe move to a location that doesn't have a clue so that if I drop it and then get the clue, it will charge up the Hawkeye Folding Camera. The thing you don't want to do is drop clues somewhere you've already cleared so you're not going to get Hawkeye Folding Camera evidence. So you end up in this little dance about where would be optimum for me to end my turn. And Think On Your Feet does a similar thing where, yeah, you can just play it and get away from an enemy, but it can actually put you in an awkward spot then where you've moved to a location you don't want to be or... Or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, the ideal is that you use it to keep driving forwards.
1: And I think that the other use that pops into my head is maybe in those scenarios where a big enemy will the scenario will spawn onto your location. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other harbinger I think might spawn at your location. Things like that. Yeah, gold cool priest, right? Ghoul cool priest. Yeah. Just and, and in fact, it's always the way in that in that scenario where. You're like, okay, who's going to go and get Lita so we can kill this guy? <laughs> and this this helps you because it can push you through to the
0: parlour, of. it? Yes, that's right. Yeah, from the hallway. way. I think the ordering depends depends on I the can't. order on the act, whether it does reveal the parlour, yeah. put Lita in the parlour, spawn the group priest, or I if it does it in the other way around. way
1: around. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's been a while, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. The other thing to acknowledge is this came... On the back of, in the core set, there being the card Elusive, which is a two-cost event that's fast. You play during your turn, and you get to disengage from each enemy engaged with you and move to a revealed location with no enemies. And I think Think on Your Feet struggled to come out of the shadow of Elusive. Elusive is move as far as you need to move, Mm. and it's a real panic button card. And then Think on Your Feet came out and was like, well, it's one cheaper, but... The en- it needs to be an enemy spawning on you and you only get to move one location. So I think it really struggled. The cool thing is you can move to an unrevealed location. You can make progress with Think on Your Feet, which you can't do with Elusive. But I think it battled my early solo rogue decks. You put Elusive in, it's such a great panic button card, and Think on Your Feet might be a thing that misses out as a result.
1: Yeah, well, and as, as we know, Elusive has since been uh, mutated... Yeah, yeah. Disengage from each enemy, engage with you and move to a connecting location with no enemies.
0: Yeah. Okay, so it's just a one cost more, slightly more flexible thing on your feet. (laughs) Because it could could now reveal locations.
1: Should we move on? Yes, let's move on. To one of my favourite cards in the game. Uh, We have got a skill card, and it is Double or Nothing. Mm. This is a one wild icon fortune traded card. Max one committed per skill test. Double the difficulty of the skill test. If this skill test is successful, resolve the effects of the successful test twice. Mm -hmm. And worth noting, this is still the only card which is forbidden under the Taboo list. Mm -hmm. So you cannot include it in deck building at all if you're following Taboo. Yeah. And it's such a shame. Like, it's one of those decisions where I totally understand why they have done that because the mm-hmm. ceiling on this card is just astronomically high, mm-hmm. especially in the right build. Got to the point where you just didn't build a deck without double or nothing if you could take it. Mm-hmm. And then everything would go into that one test and you'd get like 10 actions worth of value <laughs> for one test. Yeah, You yeah. made what was already an excellent test, just stratospherically good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that was also...
0: In light of three aces coming out. Yes. Which gave you an auto-succeed if you could commit all three. All three, yeah. yeah, And also justify the means, which also gave you an auto-succeed if you could put curses in the bag based on the difficulty of the test. Yeah, yeah. So say you're going into a difficulty four test, you turn it into a difficulty eight, put eight curses in the bag and auto-succeed.
1: So w- while the the ceiling was so high... What mm. What is a shame is that the standard use case for the regular player was just fun. It was really, <laughs> really fun. So th- those times you were investigating a three-shroud location and you had a deduction in your hand and you're like, ooh, do we go for the double on-offing at this point? Yeah. It was really good. And like it, when you're viewing this card, just in terms of efficiency, you can start to see what the problems with it, which is that it, it replicates for zero XP the effects... At the base level, the effects of any of those, like Vicious Blow, Deduction, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, right? It, it, it replicates those because you can just investigate a location, put this in, and you get two clues. And then it starts to multiply those effects whenever their other cards are added. So you put mm-hmm. a Deduction into a test, and then this. And suddenly you're getting four clues for one action, mm-hmm. even if that's just the level one. Yeah. The level zero deduction.
0: Mm-hmm. And similarly, if you're using a weapon to fight, yeah. you go from two damage to, to four, four damage, damage because yeah. of this. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then, you know, vicious blow and a weapon and this then becomes six damage in a single action. One of the truths of Arkham is that it's usually easier to pass one more difficult test than it is several lower difficulty tests, potentially, depending mm-hmm. on the values. If you're going to try and get to like four upon a test or whatever... You can probably just put the extra icons in to do it once. Then you can at a lower difficulty to do it more times.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, it just ended up... It's a good card. It's a fun card, but it's too good, and it limits what they can do <laughs> with other mm-hmm. other kind of test resolution effects. I mean, even when you start, you start looking at, like, you know, the Cyclopean Hammer or Sledgehammer and things like that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this just makes those tests astronomically efficient my
0: reservation with the card was passing the double difficulty test in particular in solo Mm. and i think what you've described and what that really illustrates is how great a teamwork card this is yeah how the rogue is holding it but it might not be the rogue passing the test it might be that yeah the fighter is geared up towards absolutely smashing the final boss or dealing with a big enemy and double or nothing just it gives you plus one but it they're going to be 10 versus 4, so now they're 11 versus 8. And just one more icon, they're 4 up. Maybe they've even got another couple of icons, they go 6 up, whatever it is. Or you've got ways of auto-succeeding. So, yeah, it really conjures this idea of it being put into a team environment. And I did play with this card a fair bit solo and often found myself hamstrung by the double difficulty. So if I'm going to do like a double or nothing backstab suddenly i'm needing to get my agility up to say six or seven just to be even on the test Mm -hmm. which isn't impossible in rogue in fact we might see ways of getting really high but it it becomes costly in a way that's another reason why i'm sad that the card got forbidden because there's a bunch of players for whom it's not just a fun card, but one that was actually came with quite a few drawbacks. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't one where I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is this is game warpingly strong," in certain player counts.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd love to see the effect return somehow because I think strategizing and planning how you're going to pass the test that was like fun Arkham, it was really mm-hmm. fun Arkham. Like holding on to it to a certain point, you know. Uh, when when do we do our double or nothing play or something like that. I think there's ways they could make it. Like, you could have it so you can't commit other skill cards, or you make it cost a bunch of XP, or make it exceptional, or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's just at no XP, it was so good. There yeah. was very little trade off to like putting it into tests. And and, and the, the base level was always really good as well. Like, just double efficiency gets you in action. Yeah.
0: I'll tell you as well when it got tabooed, I was midway through a Return to the Forgotten Age campaign in three player. I was playing Tommy, who was our seeker, maybe Harvey. And then Silas was the fight real fighter because Tommy was doing a lot of soaking and our Silas player decided to versatile in double or nothing because it had been forbidden and we weren't yet using that taboo and more or less ended up not not quite but we got to the secret scenario in in the Forgotten Age. And Double or Nothing against Yig was just, like, it just made a joke out of killing Yig, basically. So, yeah, we saw that. And it's exactly that. We were sad to see it go because it was a fun play. Yeah. We weren't doing it to break the game. We were doing it because it was a really cool thing to pull off in the skill-heavy investigator who piles in a lot of icons. Yeah. yeah, But that was a nice way of saying goodbye to it, I suppose, if you, you know, <laughs> that group played by Taboo. But it also illustrated that slightly disappointed feeling about this is a really cool effect to have in the game, and it's sad to see it go when the effect is being used to sort of warp a load of other cards. Next, we have Hired Muscle. This is a one-cost, one XP asset with a combat icon. Ally and criminal treated. You get plus one combat. There's a forced effect at the end of the upkeep phase. You must either pay one resource or... Discard Hired Muscle it has three health, one sanity, and takes
1: up the ally slot. The way you phrased it was you get plus one combat. It was gonna be like that meme with the guy offering the trade. You get plus <laughs> one combat. I get one resource every turn. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I I found these cards. There's an is the other one in this set or is the other one in the other one's in a later set, isn't it?
0: Yeah, much later, yeah. I think in, in Forgotten Age. I that, yeah,
1: I found both of these cards sort of appealing but they never quite worked but i suspect hmm. they do have a place i think people like running them in leo right yeah
0: i had a lot of success with them in leo leo anderson yeah leo of course doesn't spend an action to play them <laughs> gives them a one resource reduction so it's a free stat boost for a turn yeah and doesn't necessarily mind losing them but also has access to rogues so might have the resources to keep them around for a bit more yeah yeah that illustrates i think some of the drawbacks of the card pretty much anywhere else if you want to run say hired muscle in tony morgan are you gonna have enough resources to keep it around i mean also now hired muscle is a little bit outshone in faction by lonnie who gives you a stat boost so you could just say for no xp i'm going to spend four resources and get a plus one combat forever yeah and as as long as you keep it around for more than three turns, yeah. Lonnie's been a better deal and cost you no XP.
1: Yeah. And potentially you go for, like, Delilah when you upgrade.
0: Delilah when you upgrade, yeah. Yeah, two stat boosts. Mm. I think we've talked about them before. Maybe when we did our Leo episode, Treasure Hunter is more useful as well in solo because it's the intellect boost. So... You'll probably want to see Treasure Hunter more than you want to see Hired Muscle. You only want to see Hard Muscle when you've got a fight on. And the way that Arkham goes is you might play Hard Muscle, kill the enemy you're with, and then just not keep Hired Muscle around, which, that's not a bad thing. It just illustrates that enemies don't come out in a regular way, in the way that, that uh, you, know, you need to get clues pretty steadily through most scenarios. To me, this is a card that really sums up that muddled feeling about the rogue class identity at this early stage of the game yeah yeah you know you talked about so skids can fight but not as well as a guardian it's like yay we've got a static combat boost in rogue but it's one xp and you pay for it maybe jenny is intrigued because essentially you're saying turn off jenny's ability to keep this around but it's definitely a an odd one
1: Should we move on, yeah? Oh, look at this guy. Okay, (laughs) we have an event. It is contraband. This is a four-cost event. It has a willpower and an intellect icon. It has the supply and illicit traits. Choose an asset controlled by an investigator at your location. Double the number of ammo or supply tokens on that asset. It may not be legal, but it gets the job done. Man, contraband. I feel like... Back in the day, a lot of column inches were spent talking about this card.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This great card, the staple. So
1: expensive. The the real, the kind of, what's the word? Big brain. No, I guess the flaw in it Mm -hmm. is that it doesn't work to recharge anything. Yeah. So you have to be prepared to play your item, asset, sorry, not Mm -hmm. item, asset, that has ammo or supply on it, mm-hmm. and then spend uh, play contraband to double the yeah. double what's on it, mm-hmm. which is investment in terms of having both the cards ready in your hand and having the resources on hand to play, and the actions of course to play the asset and then this as well, mm-hmm. and it's got to be
0: worthwhile, either in terms of number of tokens that end up on the asset. Or in terms of the cost of doing that, yeah. for you to play contraband. Go, so we go, have go seen eight, in this set.
1: <laughs> eight supplies on your Liquid Courage. <laughs>
0: exactly. But do you want to pay four resources to yeah. get to eight supplies when the other option, and this is an often play leveled criticism, <laughs> is play another Liquid Courage for one cost? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The example I think a lot of people ended up giving is the 45 Automatic. Contraband costs the same as a 45, Mm. so you can pay for, and if you have contraband around, you're essentially saying, I want to play my second 45 right now, and I've now got an 8 ammo 45 automatic, and I will avoid, hopefully, that awkward situation where I draw an enemy and I fire the last bullet of the 45 and have the other 45 in my hand, but I haven't killed the enemy, and I'm like, oh, this is awkward. I need to get this other 45 down to finish it off. I've got this 8 ammo 45 all of a sudden. The other, you know, well known deal with this is if you're doubling something that has more than four tokens on it, this yep. starts to become good value. And the big example is the BAR. Yep. It comes in with eight. So play contraband for four and it goes up to 16. Mm-hmm. And you can contraband a card that's already been contraband. So with that, you could then go up to 32, say. That's I feel like the use case I've seen the most. Put contraband on.
1: Stick to the plan. Yeah, uh, and... yeah. I was going to say because it can go on stick to the plan. So, so because it's supply traded. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Or use fence to make it fast. Also, kind of takes the sting mm-hmm. out of it a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a nice point. Yeah, it adds to a theme. Thinking of just looking at at the class again of of plenitude of like abundance in rogue where you've got double or nothing where you can make tests harder but get massive returns and now you've also got contraband which is like yeah we can just we can have tokens overflowing off cards this is something we do yeah. which maybe that's that theme is only really coming good now with more of the cards that came out in Edge of the Earth and Scarlet Keys where you're having things like say i don't know friends in low places draw cards and play them or underworld market, you have, you know, a whole extra deck of cards that's sort of fueling your hand. The un- the underworld, the illicit world, just keeps you busy. Yeah, and worth acknowledging, there is an upgrade. I was going to say, can, can we
1: can we just consider for a sec what that does? Because it sort of mm-hmm. answers the some of the criticisms we've got, mm-hmm. which is that well, it costs one less, so it's less expensive, mm-hmm. which is nice. Three always oh, seems much more manageable than four. Four totally. always feels to me like the break point for being expensive. One's cheap, two and three, medium, four plus expensive. And it, 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 it gives you a choice of two effects. So effect one, you can you pick one of these, place two ammo or supply tokens on the asset you've picked and draw, and draw a card. Or the original text, which is double the number of ammo or supply tokens on that asset. So, it does let you restock something, albeit not at a very efficient rate that -hmm. has been expended. So, if you draw it after you've expended the ammo on your 45, yeah, now you can restock it. Or if you have it ready.
0: recost for half a 45, but also replace this card, isn't the end of
1: the world? Yeah. No, no, that's much more palatable than it is at four. But, I don't know, is it good? But is it good, Frank?
0: The upgraded version. I've run that a fair bit. Yeah, I like that. You know what it, I mean I still am running it for the
1: doubling effect, but it's nice to have another effect. It just it's it says to me that it's a I don't know why, it's just saying a standalone card. A mm-hmm. card that I put in my deck when I'm building a standalone deck. Mm-hmm. Rather than something I upgrade in the process of playing the game. But then again, I'm I don't often play rogue fighters.
0: Yeah.
1: Or fighters who have access to this card, so it's just maybe just never kind of crossed my yeah. Path, I think darkened my door.
0: Play Tony Morgan. You immediately have two weapons, two firearms with ammo already in your deck. Maybe you're running derringers as well. If if you want to try a sort of gun deck, and then maybe you're running a sawn-off shotgun, which only has two ammo on it anyway. <laughs> so suddenly there's lots of options there of refilling weapons as needed. And it seems really nice, yeah. And he's rich because he's getting all the money from the bounties. Okay, next we have Adaptable. And what a first pack. Contraband and Adaptable for Rogues. <laughs> <This is> catonic <laughs> Museum. This is a 1 XP null-costed asset. It's talent-traded. It's permanent. In between each game of a campaign, you may swap up to two level 0 cards out of your deck in exchange for an equal number of level zero cards, you must still follow all deck building rules for your investigator.
1: Such a such a relic of the early game, this card, I think. mm mm-hmm. Now let's sh shall we put, put cards on the table? I think a lot of people play with some flexibility in terms of replacing level zero cards in your deck mm. in between mm-hmm. games. Some people cheat, yeah. Some people cheat. Some people break the rules. And if you're one of those people, do not listen to this podcast anymore. Mm-hmm. No, don't. Yeah, please, hand in your Arkham card. <laughs> please, please, please <laughs> don't stop listening to us. No, yeah. I, it, it's it's a really common house rule. And, and some people, like, I'll do it after it's the first game. It's become more game. common, I think. Yeah, you know what? yeah, I, that I, especially. I started doing it after the first game of a campaign just mm-hmm. because time playing Arkham is really precious. If mm-hmm. I've made a... Mm-hmm. Oh, man... You could argue it's part of this the experience. is going to hurt,
0: but this is going to hurt you to say as well, isn't it? If I've made a mistake in that build, made a mistake in... Peter, yeah, well, obviously unthinkable. Usually, what's go happened on. is it's one of my
1: teammates. You know, they haven't made their deck properly, <laughs> oh, so I see. I'll yeah. have to adapt. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, <laughs> I see. Yeah, <laughs> no, you, you could argue it's part of the experience of of Arkham, and we probably said this at the time <laughs> is accepting the wrinkles you made in deck building along mm-hmm. along mm-hmm. the course of a, of a campaign. But it's it's absolutely the least enjoyable way to spend experience is undoing mistakes you've made previously or mm-hmm. things you didn't yeah. anticipate when you made your deck. For me, the compromise is after the first scenario in a campaign, if something obviously doesn't work, then I'm, I'll give myself some leeway to make a few swaps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have friends who will rebuild deck at a certain point in the campaign. We got through most of, oh heavens, oh, Path to Carcosa, Return to Path to Carcosa, yeah. which is a tough campaign mm. anyway. My friend having an absolute hellish time with an Amina deck. About halfway through, he just said, well, I'm going to rebuild my deck because I'm having a miserable time. A lot of the choices I made don't work. You know, fight me. And, you know, from that point on, he had a much much more enjoyable time with the campaign. Didn't hurt mm-hmm. us, didn't... didn't Detract from the experience in that kind of scenario where people do that. What place does adaptable have in a deck?
2: Mm,
0: yeah. And
1: how do you feel as one player who is <laughs> sticking to the rules, spending XP for a card that other people are just doing?
0: Yeah, it has to be table by table, group by group, doesn't it? It's the whole thing of this is a, and, and I know this isn't a, this phrase can be used as a sort of cure all that doesn't actually necessarily hold, but this idea of it's a cooperative game. And it's okay if you want to play differently at your table from other people. I know that that doesn't necessarily apply as soon as you're then talking in a community about decisions you've made or saying, actually, this campaign was really easy for us. Oh yeah, by the way, we did all respec our decks halfway through. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and there is a cost for that that is in XP and there is a card that allows you to do that without spending XP, which is adaptable. So it exists in the game. It's not like it's a house rule that's developed yeah, essentially, adaptable has become obsolete. The more people do that, but I I think there is
1: the the kind of the the, the niche it sits in is still an mm. interesting niche because you mm. might end up in a situation like the best example I can think of off the top of my head is uh, the Last King,
2: mm-hmm.
1: where you have a parlay heavy scenario, mm-hmm. and you might include some parlay tech in your deck, say fine clothes but know that it's not going to be as much use going forward from that point. You'll build your deck Mm. to address a specific challenge in an early scenario, and then Mm -hmm. when you come to swap those out, you buy Adaptable instead and swap them out for free. Mm -hmm. Or, well, I mean, for one fewer XP.
0: For one fewer XP. And then if you can make the most of those changes, uh, the the option to make changes through the campaign, it potentially accrues you, you know... 10 plus xp mm. over the of campaign is it, what 13 xp you have seven options to change and you spent 1 xp so it, it like it's potentially very generous in terms of xp that it gives you yeah i i agree i think in a way the players who respec a deck after a single campaign scenario aren't necessarily sorry after a single scenario aren't necessarily doing down what adaptable does mm. and what adaptable also offers is that i am going to work out how I tech for each scenario as I go through this campaign. And my deck is going to evolve and I'm going to have a sort of almost a sideboard of cards that come in and out based on the challenges scenario by scenario, which is a very different experience, I think. As you were talking, it made me think as well, when we think of campaigns, we like when you and I talk, we like to zoom out and say, you know, so what are the major challenges of this campaign? What are some of the cards that will help overcome this campaign so whether that's say well at the moment in scarlet keys we've been talking a lot about how do you deal with concealed for instance Mm -hmm. adaptable kind of doesn't fit with that because adaptable says the challenges scenario by scenario are different enough that it's worth changing cards in your deck and i wonder if we could see a campaign where a card like adaptable really shines but i think the play experience is probably not as enjoyable if you know scenario three in a campaign you're like oh this is the scenario where you really need to be able to do x and then scenario four you need to be able to do y and therefore it's really hard to build a deck that just is robust through this campaign (laughs) do you know what i mean if every scenario posed so different a challenge that an average deck was really struggling and adaptable becomes really important i think that would be less fun than the common experience which is i build a deck and i slowly make it better
1: yeah and actually we were talking about this the other day in terms of most favorite and least favorite scenarios and i said something along the lines of my least favorite scenarios are ones which ask you to address a problem or address a challenge which is more or less absent in the rest of the campaign mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah although quite a few of those scenarios they make up for that in terms of theme or just generally being fun
2: Mm, mm.
1: so yeah no i i I don't think i disagree with anything you've said there yeah we've sort of talked about the concept of adaptable rather
0: than (laughs) whether or not it's it's good or not but that's fine it's a it's a provocative
1: card in that way isn't it i'd be really interested to listen back to our original episode on adaptable and see what we said about it
0: We've probably talked for longer now than the entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Whoops. potentially.
1: Okay, yeah. well, should we move on then? Yeah. Next we have oh, is, is, you is, to read. Is, is been to read, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. man, look at this guy. It's another fun one, right? Mm. And a member of which category of cards, Frank? Quotation cards. I'm out of here. Zero cost event. Two agility icons. Trick and spirit traits. Play only if there is a scenario card with a resign ability in play. Resign You get the hell out of here. Critters may never win, but they also rarely die. This reminds me of a um it's a red dwarf skit where they what's he say? There's like the cat says there's an old cat saying, something like We'd rather live an hour as a as a lion than a than a lifetime as a worm. And then mm. Rimmer responds well, What about the saying that Who's ever heard of a Wormskin rug? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, so what do you think of this? Is talent? that Skids a tool on the art? Oh, that's a good question.
0: Because OG Skids doesn't look much like that, but in the revised core, they make more of a deal of his sort of brown suit, and hmm. this is a man in a reddish-brown suit.
1: Yeah. But potentially, yeah.
0: The Skids a tool tech, double agility
1: icons. It's Harrison Ford as the original art does. Mm. now this is a great adaptable target yes it is a great adaptable target i i really like that it has two agility icons on it mm-hmm. if you're going to put manual dexterity i'm sure i feel like i'm repeating myself if you're going to put mm-hmm. manual dexterity in the deck then you could consider putting this in is the ability to resign from anywhere once Best you get drawing the, a card <laughs> worth trading in the drawing card I think you the put in two is... manual dexterity and one I'm out of here. Sometimes.
0: Yeah, do yeah. you? <laughs> is that how you Yeah, do? You, you run a singleton I'm out of here. Yeah, and try and draw and it with the manual dexterity. you use your manual dexterities to draw you into <laughs> it.
1: Yeah, It's it's one of those ones. I have seen it used. I used it in the finale mm-hmm. of Dunwich at one point. Oh, <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. I'm out of
0: here, universe.
1: Yeah, well, but also, am I right in thinking that Without spoiling that scenario, there is a there's a, an additional cost to resigning. Yes, that's right. Which this gets around. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you just resign. You get out of there.
0: Yeah. And you don't need to go to that location as well. So if the universe is collapsing around you, you're not suddenly trying to find a path through alternate dimensions. You're just boom, gone. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a few different scenarios where resigning isn't simply checking out early it's a case of getting back to a place or getting to a place to win the scenario. Yeah. And lost in time and space is an example of that. So yeah, totally. I'm out of here is really helpful with that. It probably occurs more commonly than we think about. Like often we're just playing a scenario and you think, right, get to this place, do this next thing, good, resign. And there's oftentimes the resign is then on an act or agenda. So You don't need to get to a place to resign, and that makes I'm out of here a bit bit more awkward because you're like, well, I've got I'm out of here to resign, but I can just take the action on the act and resign, so it doesn't matter. But, yeah, I think it's still a nice card. Actually, I wonder if it's worth considering for Scarlet Keys as well, where, again, not to spoil scenarios too much, but I've noticed that there are plenty of scenarios that have a resign action on the first location. and wondering if, yeah, there's something to be said for having this and checking out when you've done as much as you can do. Yeah. It's just it's just dripping with flavour, isn't it? And you know, later we see things that rogues really like to push their luck and have things like obol that if they get defeated, there's really bad side effects. So having a little panic button in your deck of I'm out of here is sweet. Next we have Switchblade level two. This is a one-cost asset, combat and agility icon, so it's gain and, I want to say, combat icon. Item, weapon, melee, illicit. It's fast. It has action, fight. You get plus two combat for this attack. If you succeed by two or more, this attack deals plus one damage, and it takes up a hand
1: slot. Now this is a really good card, isn't it? This is also, I want to say this is still mutated. Yeah, to three XP. Is that, Oh, it's chained, is it? chained to 3 XP. So yeah, yeah, there we go, plus 1 experience. Yeah, it it compared very favorably to the 41 Derringer, Derringer, mm-hmm. which yeah, it was just better than it, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um yeah, uh, this is this is a really good card, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's been this all... is a damage printer. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we'll we'll come on to this, I'm sure when when we kind of wrap up at the end, but this is like going through row cards is like Man, no one ever plays this card anymore. And like, oh, this card is insanely good. So good they had to do (laughs) it. (laughs) So good they had to ban it from the game altogether.
0: Yeah, is it? Is it? Is it the cards or is it us? Are we more polarized in opposite (laughs) positions? We hate
1: being polarized as well.
0: I know. I know. We try to be very. We hate being polarized more than
1: anything.
0: (laughs) That is the worst. Now, I have very fond memories of playing opposite a Jenny really early days of the game, playing a three or four player campaign. And the Jenny player, they were mainly fighter. They ran hard knocks. They ran switchblade. They ran lots of other economy. And most fights, they just went four up and they were just hoping to the paying resources and just hoping to do the damage that way they were running Leo DeLuca. So they had extra actions. So when fighting came, it was just like, (laughs) just switchblading. That was basically it. And it was a different way of playing to the more considered guardian. I'm going to do a three damage hit here a two damage hit here. It was just, I'm just going to start swinging with the switchblade. I've got actions for days. I've got resources for days. And yeah, sometimes I won't hit that, succeed by two thresholds, so I'll only deal one damage, but it doesn't matter too much. And it was kind of fun to sit opposite. Yeah. Then along came Tony Mo- Morgan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this became more of a problem, like swinging at seven without any other boosts. And you're like, oh, okay, well. Wow. I, I don't know if I've got much more to add. It's just a really good weapon, isn't it? There is a breakpoint, isn't there? Or is it worth looking out for for the plus two combat? You know, machete is plus one, plus one. And this—it doesn't seem like it's much more, but it's plus two, plus one, and it just makes that
1: extra difference. Yeah. 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 And one cost fast. Like, I know. Oh. I know. It's so good. Just yeah. slap it down, and then. It's, it yeah. doesn't. Don't even slap it down until you need to exactly, start yeah. snipping. You've drawn, but you've drawn an enemy. Yeah, don't worry. it's <laughs> <Just> very. <laughs> feels very, and it's it's illicit as well, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Just so every, that means if you fence your... it for free, yeah, or you have it in your, yeah, <laughs> or in your f- underworld contacts deck. Sorry, underworld market deck, <laughs> or you find it with your, um, I don't know what's it called, fins bloody, yeah, smuggled goods, smuggled goods, not caught red-handed. It's nice. There we go. Okay. Well, sh- should we on move on? Go. Yeah, let's. Next, we have Lone Wolf. This is a one cost. Uh, asset, it has an agility icon and it is a talent. Limit one per investigator. Reaction, when your turn begins, if there are no other investigators at your location, gain one resource. I don't mind being on my own. That's when I do my best work. You're getting
0: all the flavour to read.
1: This... Oh yeah. Sorry, yeah. I wasn't deliberate. This is this is a, a yet yeah, another really good card, isn't it? It's a real staple.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: staple card. And it's the <laughs> cause of most like, oh, I think we should go first. <laughs> Everyone always <laughs> listens to the rogue when they're like, "Yeah, I think you should go first in the move," because I want my one resource. He's <laughs> so pushy, rogue. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, or and, and I'm going to go first quickly because we're going to end up in the same location. In a way, yeah. <laughs> what, what's what's interesting about that is it is it it does make you consider positioning when you play. Yeah, yeah. Which to is play. a nice little like nudge in the right direction. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. said. In solo, it just becomes getting a resource every turn.
0: Is this the reason why rogues are the best solo class? <gasps> hot take. Hot take. That was a really hot take. I think for... I mean, I think Survivor are, but I think for at least a while, yes. This is probably up in the top five solo cards across the entire game. I think I can confidently say that. I mean, it, it's it's yeah,
1: probably good. top three. Yeah. It's good, even when it's not firing reliably in multiplayer. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. In, yeah, yeah. In solo, yeah, it's just, it's just fantastic. In fact, I'd go so far as to say I've been thinking a fair amount about solo recently and the difficulties of playing solo. And if there were a couple more cards that had real bonuses for being solo, that would wouldn't go amiss. <laughs> I would say. So yeah, something like Lone Wolf is really, really good. Yeah, in Jenny, pop this down, you get three resources a turn. Just really nice place to be. Didn't you run Lone Wolf Preston at one point as well? So you're getting five resources a turn yeah. on the inheritance. I think I've done that as well. I think that's really strong. There's just it, the the thing about it is there's so few investigators, there's no reason not to run it basically, apart from if you're in a team of four and you just you have type tight, the tightness
1: of deck slots. Like that's the only reason not to run it. Yeah, I mean, and even then, I think it's as an economy card, it will it will almost certainly make its value back even in in a, mm-hmm. unless yeah. you're playing like horror in high gear or something like that. Yeah. Or yeah. or okay. Essex County Express. I think it's it's not hard to get this to get this working.
0: And the other thing is, as an economy card, it does actually have an icon. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, not like your bright. emergency cash that sits there without an icon. It has an icon. You've, you've got an agility icon that you can use sometimes. Other thing to bear in mind as well, which we haven't talked about a lot, is any investigator who can take this who isn't a rogue, I find I obviously turn to this and think about this. So like, for instance, I'm playing Dexter at the moment. This is a lovely include in Dexter. It's cheap. If I'm really rich, I can use his ability on it. Otherwise, it's, it's just doing what I need, which is earning resources. Likewise in Leo Anderson, playing solo, Get two resources a turn. Great. just makes a lot of sense to include it in a lot of investigators. Yeah, yeah. Mm, Next it's me. Yeah. Man, Blood on the Altar was a good pack for rogues. Lone Wolf and then this, streetwise. This is a null-costed 3 XP asset. It's a talent. It's permanent traded. Free trigger. Spend two resources. You get plus three intellect for this skill test. Free trigger, spend two resources. You get plus three agility for this skill test. That's doing that mainly to live up to the meme. Yep, got you. <laughs> chained with an additional three XP, so this is a six
1: XP card Yes, under Taboo. So, interesting. I don't know whether this, what's the word, like, chimes with your experience. I feel like I still see this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Sometimes, but not all the time. Mm-hmm. More so probably than the other ones. Yeah. So, well, an interesting question. Feels like they've got the the chained cost probably spot on. Mm-hmm. Maybe? Like, I never see... Higher Education is very good, but I never see anyone play it. Probably because mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's there's an element of Higher Education that's a bit too good. <laughs> so it's not very yeah. fun to play. Streetwise, I mean, Blood Pact, I occasionally see that. Now Amina mm-hmm. likes Blood Pact as well, I guess.
2: Yeah. There's a little yeah. bit of
1: Amina there. With some Doom Clay. But streetwise, yeah, I I just more so than Scrapper, definitely more so than Key and I, much more than higher education. I see this, I see people picking this. I don't know, maybe something about the the spend two resources just makes In a it, class that could be resource rich. Yeah, just it stands out a little bit from the other ones.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And you you do need to, like, your resources disappear very quickly if you're using this all the time. Yes. So you really need to build robustly into resource generation.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Fits in, again, with the theme of boom or bust with Succeed by X. If you are rich, you slew in a load of resources for your double or nothing test. Yeah. And you smash it. So, yeah, for four resources, Jenny is a, a nine intellect or a nine agility. It's like she goes from pretty mediocre to a laughably high, yeah. which is just wonderful if she can afford to do it regularly. It's a really strong card. The other thing to acknowledge is the stats it boosts. Yeah. For yeah. just three XP, when this was un unchained, um, you have an investigating and an enemy management solution in one card.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Which <laughs> is great. And yeah. in fact, you run Lone Wolf and you run streetwise, and as Jenny, you get a test at 6 in either of those stats once a turn. Likewise a Skids as well, you know, evade at 7 or inter- investigate at 6. Now, the other wild thing that... <laughs> this is wild to me. The revised core set provided lockpicks, level 1, mm-hmm. which didn't exist at this point. So the other thing we need to be aware of is that at this point in the game if you want to investigate as a rogue you're limited to flashlight and then this comes out and it's like ah oh, wow okay i can actually do something yeah yeah and up until that point we would have talked about rogues as being maybe the like a, another enemy management
1: yeah i, I was going to come on to this cuz there was a lot made at the time of what pairs of stats were across these stat boosters and the mm-hmm. core stat boosters, so mm-hmm. you know, hyper focus and, oh, sorry, hyper awareness and Hypers. arcane studies.
0: Yeah, physical training, hard knocks.
1: So so, it, hard knocks is combat and agility, right? Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay, look at this. In the core set, I can maybe evade and I can also fight. Mm. But like these days, you, I don't know whether you'd be like, well, I, I'm, you could build a fighty rogue, sure. Maybe not where your mind goes first when you talk about rogues.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I
1: would say, like, these stats on Streetwise, like, we look at Kaimani, who's just come out. They, they, they use, their an enemy manager, who uses their agility to manage enemies, but their intellect ties into that as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The two stats in Rogue are agility intellect. They're the prime two, not agility combat, as Hard Knox would suggest.
1: You look at Finn as well, you know, Finn. Yeah. Four and four. Uh, yeah. So he's he, he can he can investigate. He's got his splashes, secret splashes to take investigating mm. cards, and then he can evade enemies. Mm. Just feels like this this shines a lot more with how how the class plays these days. When we had Amber Autumn on the cast,
0: she pointed out the pattern, because we were talking about composures, but the pattern that you have in the core set, the stat booster that's one of the two secondary stats for each class, mm. and then you had in Dunwich the other secondary class. And then the composures in Carcosa and then in Edge of the Earth were the off stat. Yeah. So as we're talking about Rogue, it's easy to illustrate that their two secondary stats are combat intellect and then their third stat, their off stat, is willpower. Yeah. Now, I can't believe I get to do this. I have been tracking the average stats across each class and each investigator since the game began and Maniac. I have a little spreadsheet. Maniac. And what I really love about this spreadsheet is it tells me not just who has the highest average in each stat, but what the breakdown is for other classes across that. So, for instance, uh, let's talk about willpower. Mystics have the highest highest average willpower of four. Mm -hmm. That's the average across all mystics. And obviously that's being pulled down by say, Diana Stanley, who starts with a 1, yeah. and by Amina. And then Guardian have the second highest willpower at 3.3. Yeah. Which makes sense. I'd say that I would think of willpower as Guardian's secondary stat after combat. Yeah, yeah. Intellect, here's where it's important. Seekers are in the lead, and then second place is Rogue. Yeah. And Agility, Rogues are in the lead, second Survivors. place Survivor. Yeah. Yeah. Combat, Guardian's well in the lead, and then a long way behind that is
1: rogues in second place because you've got I mean you've got this one five fight stat rogue haven't you?
0: <laughs> yeah, you have, you have. And then I think it's now being pulled down by kaiwani's too. Yeah. So yeah, for combat guardians, their average combat is three point eight. So they don't have as high an average as mystics do in willpower. And then rogues are next at two point six, closely followed by mystic at two point five and Survivor at
1: 2.4.
0: Poor neutrals. Neutral used to be averaging threes across the board because of Lola Hayes and now is averaging (laughs) twos across the board because (laughs) of Charlie Charlie. Kane. (laughs) It's just pulled it to last place. But yeah, anyway, the reason I think that's, it confirms what we already think, which is that rogues are an, an intellect focused class. But what it shows for me is that it's more than one might think, and combat is definitely not. So yeah, I'll talk about their averages here. Their average willpower is two, their average intellect is three, their average combat is two point six, and their average agility is three point seven. Mm. Of course, the other thing to remember about rogues, Preston's in there, so that pulls down all the averages. Yeah, and yeah. any of the weirds that investigators do warp things. So Survivor looks very weird. It looks a lot lower than everyone else because it's got Calvin in there. Yeah, but. That's much as it is. But yeah, this, and and streetwise, of course, I think goes a long way to pointing towards this intellect agility. These are the stats that you should think about. What a card. Should we move on? Inspired a spreadsheet. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, let's move on.
1: Next, we've got another interesting card. (laughs) We've got another skill card. It's Quick Thinking. This has a wild icon and it has the innate trait. If this skills test is successful by two or more, after it resolves, you may immediately take another action as if it were your turn. This action does not count toward the number of actions you can take each turn. Yet another card that has been mutated, if I recall correctly.
0: Yes. To become... The end of its ability reads max once per round. Doesn't
1: remove from game, does
0: it? No, but the max means across all copies of the card. That's what max does. So... You can't put a quick thinking into test one and then put another quick thinking into test two. You can only play You can still commit, right? You just don't get the ability. The a future quick thinking's a blank.
1: Yes. Yeah, I guess so.
0: Which is there to stop down stop infinite combos? Yes. Where if you have a way of recurring quick thinking multiple times, maybe because your deck is small and you're looping your deck repeatedly, mm. quick thinking is one of the ways that you keep having actions so that you can keep doing that. Yes. And imagine if instead of getting one action for each quick thinking, you got two actions because the effects of successful tests were, were being doubled. Man, that would then be wild.
2: <laughs> mm,
1: yeah, that would be wild. This card, I feel, still sees a lot of play.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Just, it's just a nice card. <laughs> who doesn't like having an extra action
2: hmm mm-hmm.
0: yeah so many places where it's worth including falls into what what do we call that thing where you're talking about deduction two and it doesn't actually give you a boost if you want to get
1: three clues i don't think it's, got it's a similar it, but i know you yeah mean,
0: it's yeah. a similar thing here because this is plus one but if you want an ec- an extra action it's minus one <laughs> yeah yeah but it's in the boom or bust faction so great i'm super fond of it because it falls into a style of play that I really enjoy, which doesn't have a name, but I suppose taking, it's the taking succeed. Lots of actions. Yeah, they're taking lots of actions, succeed by X, put lots of cards into tests, mm. feel happy about yourself. <laughs> to me, the reason I love that play is it feels like I'm playing the game. Wow. I don't feel like, you know, like higher ed doesn't feel like I'm playing the game because it's just like, ah, uh, you know, I'm this banker spending Brainless. resources. Just yeah, resources exactly. Yeah, up by four. Test up by four whereas this rogue style of maybe it's because there's a lot of art of rogues playing cards and you're (laughs) doing that when you're
1: oh yeah this is the classic a classic of the genre of rogue driving away from a monster in a car yes yes it is yeah also that classic
0: when we move to doing art casts within the within the podcast we're going to have to do seeker cards that have a musty old book yeah and (laughs) rogue cards that have driving yeah, it's a really good card. The other cool thing is you can put this into other people's tests and you can take actions out of sequence.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the card cool. of a thousand rules questions this really, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. The fighter is fighting and then the, the, the rogue chucks this in. It's like, now I'm just going to move away. You're like, what? Why did you spend a card for that? But, yeah, good fun card.
1: Yeah. Are we moving on?
0: Next we have lucky dice. Or are they? This is a two-cost, two XP asset with willpower and agility icons. Item and relic treated. It's exceptional, so it's four XP. Takes up the accessory slot, and its ability reads: After you reveal a chaos token, spend two resources, ignore that chaos token, and reveal another one to resolve. If that token has an autofill symbol, remove lucky dice from the game. And
1: this has been, has this been rotted?
0: Which should read: When you reveal a non. Tentacle Chaos Token, spend two resources, ignore that Chaos Token and reveal another one to resolve. If that token has the autofail symbol, remove lucky dice from the game, cannot be ignored, cancelled. Just
1: for extra confusion. Can't be ignored, cancelled? Yeah. What do you mean?
0: So if you could cancel the autofail by playing, say, is it Counterspell that would cancel it? Right, you can't do that. No, Counterspell doesn't care about autofail. Uh, oh, uh, Mateo's ability turn the auto fell into an elder sign.
1: Sure, okay,
0: yeah. We talked about this on one of our um, esoteric devices episodes. Did we? Lucky dice, like a d- both versions. Yeah, do you remember? No way,
1: I do not remember that at all. That was last year. Jeez.
0: Okay, so we're going to pause the cast here
1: to <laughs> go back listen and listen back. to that episode. Okay, and then we'll and come back.
0: Yeah, we compared the two because the lucky device three, lucky device, lucky dice three is the cursed one. And has a replayability, so you can play it.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That rings a bell. Do you remember out. ringing a bell? Yeah. yeah. It's starting to come back to me.
0: Now, I think in that episode I said, but just briefly I'll say again, that Jenny switchblade deck I played opposite way back when, that also ran Lucky Dice. Because the rogue player was so rich that if they did a switchblade swing and didn't get the extra damage Sometimes they just chose to spend two resources and redraw the token to hope to get the damage to kill off an enemy rather than spending an action for another attack and spending more resources to boost. Mm. I don't know if that was good, but it was another way that they were turning their piles of resources to good use for them. Mm. That was fun enough.
1: You're in a great position here where you can make any statement you want and I've forgotten what you said.
0: Yeah. You said you loved this card. Did I? And it was in your top four or five cards in row. Now I know and that you're you would defend that opinion
1: <laughs> to the death. Yeah. <laughs> right, now I know you're making it up. We didn't call this yeah. episode. You made this up. <laughs> I'm
0: dreaming. What's going on? Being
1: gaslit. Right. Uh well I guess people if people want to hear our thoughts in more detail, they should <laughs> go, go that? listen to the episode. And as as yeah. should I.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's move us on.
1: Yeah, bro. Uh, is it me again? It is, yeah. Right, we have yet another skill card. This is Opportunist, 2 XP, and it has a single wild icon. Innate and developed. Commit only to a skill test you are performing. If you succeed by two or more, return Opportunist to your hand after this test instead of discarding it. What do you think to Opportunist, Frank?
0: Very good in one particular place. Yes, (laughs) Which is as the second card of two that Winnie is committing. Winnie, when she commits two cards to a skill test, gets to draw a card. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. if so, she's adding at least two icons to the test, opportunist plus whatever other icon she's committing. And hopefully, she's then getting opportunist, opportunist two back to hand because she's smashing the test. And that means she, this opportunist essentially reads draw (laughs) one. Yeah. Because it it keeps returning to hand and she's getting another card out of it. In that place amazing fun. Yeah. Absolutely love playing opportunist Winnie. Never really seen it do anything anywhere else.
1: It's interesting it's a, I don't think it's it's not a bad card at all, it's just niche. It's a classic example Mm -hmm. of a card which is great in the right situation. Mm -hmm. Does that drain some of the excitement out of it? Being like, well it's it's obvious whether I take this or not and it has a really Mm. straight up and down effect Mm -hmm, based on that. mm -hmm. Or is it like, well, you know, it's just great to have a lovely engine piece that fits into my niche deck.
0: Could it see play in Kaimani where they're wanting to pass multiple sort of high threshold tests and one of the challenges of Kaimani is assembling enough boosts to do that
1: reliably? I don't think that's a bad call at all. The difficult part with Kaimani is remembering that when you add together the health and the evade of the enemy. That, that, that's, that's not the threshold of the test. <laughs> yeah, you still
0: just need to pass the evade, yeah. but then you want to pass it by enough where enough is their health. And that's where opportunities might shine anyway. You're trying to yeah. succeed by two anyway yeah. because the enemy has two health. And then you're putting opportunities one to give you a plus one towards that. Yeah. rather I, than the standard test-taking where you're just trying to succeed by zero, and if you put in opportunist, you're giving yourself plus one, but you're now wanting to succeed by
1: plus two. I think that's a nice... I think that's a really nice call, yeah. Yeah, I think I would look at it there as well. Yes,
0: and fist-pumping in the air. <laughs> Found another home. I'm going to do that. I'm excited by that. And uh, I've said already, I really like Succeed by X. I think it's really fun, so... This is a, like a Succeed by X enabler because it's just one icon towards Succeed by X. And if you hit the Succeed by X, you get it again. So then it sets up your next Succeed by X because one of the da- downsides of Succeed by X is you pour in a load of resources to Succeed by four and then you then can't Succeed by two for the next test because you have no cards left.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it, it could be buffed to be just sort of in isolation. It doesn't seem like it's powerful. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of reiterating mm-hmm. my same point. So you could like envision, envision a buff to this card to make it a bit more appealing to decks that don't combo with it to take it. But mm-hmm. I think that would then push it a bit too far in those decks that do want to play off it or do something special with it. It's so, in a tricky place as well. It is, if you
0: add another wild icon on yeah, there... It's too good. It, too good. If you drop it to succeed by one, I think it's also too good. Maybe one XP. Maybe 1 XP, yeah. That's the final lever to play with. Add the um, illicit trait and you can put it in the <laughs> world market. Like, that's kind of your but, limit. But I,
1: think it's, I I don't think any of that needs to happen. I think it's, mm. it's happy where it is. Not everyone yes. likes it. That's fine. You know, you don't have yep. to be loved by okay. everyone. <laughs> um, as long as those you've chosen to kind of make your, your close friends and your family are there for you. That's the exact position opportunist is in.
0: Mm. Great, great point. Totally agree
1: yeah well, move next on we have we,
0: before we disagree <laughs> how does this go with your Nah, he's just a nickname title okay it, not... it doesn't it's got quotation marks but it's not a quotation no
1: that's right
0: yeah Joey the rat vigil he's looking out for number one looking a forecast looking out for number one looking out for hashtag one forecast asset intellect and agility icons ally and criminal traded. When is the criminal trait going to have more impact? That would be fun. Free trigger, spend one resource, choose an item asset from your hand and play it, paying its cost. Three health, two sanity, takes up the ally slot. Murph, you know full well that the rat would snitch on anyone at any time for anything. Truth be damned if the price was right. That's Jason Marker, Investigators of Arkham Horror.
1: I've got that written down as the worlds of Arkham. Oh. Are you looking at the... Where are you looking at the card? On Arkham DB, huh? I'm looking at the. Is it is the scan of the card there as well? Yeah. Does that I'm looking say at the image image of the card? Investigators of Arkham Horror.
2: Huh,
1: that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. You, that because the isn't the Android book called the Worlds of Android? The Worlds. Of yeah. Android, yeah. 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 The Worlds of Android, and it, the book is called the Investigators of Arkham Horror. Maybe that's just a is a typo on the card that's been corrected in later printing. Hmm, isn't that interesting? That's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so Joey the Rat Vigil, what kind of scheme has this button cooked up? Um, is he engaged? He's got he's got a ring on his ring finger on his uh, left hand. Can you see that?
0: Mm, no, I can't see that. Oh, really? Well, because I'm looking online and the scans have the F, FFG. Uh,
1: okay, right, right, right. What, what is his thing? right hand, though? His right hand, sorry. Yes, uh, sorry, sorry. His yeah, right, oh, not his yes. Hand, not his left hand. What do you think Joey gets up to? Just generally.
0: Yeah. What his pastimes. Yeah. He's sneaking around and he's up to no good, right? You can pay him and he brings you a thing, but you don't really know where he's getting that thing from. So he's
1: a is he um like a fence? I could be, yeah. I mean it says he's he's not necessarily I mean he is a criminal, we he know he's a criminal. And yeah. he's looking out for number one. What's he getting out? Is he overcharging people, do you think? Well, he is, because you're spending an additional resource.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: Joey takes his cut. Exactly.
0: You can play this 45 automatic right now, but it's going to cost you. Yeah, he's kind of leafing through the cash that I think he's made. Yeah. So I think he's been selling
1: stuff on the sly to people. Interesting. He seems pretty happy about whatever he's got, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's been looking out for number one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Bro, where, Is he well, any good we, though? Should we move on? <laughs> <laughs> no, jo- Joey's an interesting card, right? Free trigger, spend a resource, choose an item and play it. So it's yeah. a free action
2: mm-hmm.
1: to play a card, to play an asset. An item yeah. asset, specifically.
0: Yes. For a while, I dreamt of a Preston Joey deck mm-hmm. with Cherished Keepsake and Leather Coat, both items. Yeah. Because. Preston gets knocked around by the mythos. Preston has lots of resources, so doesn't mind the cost of Joey. And Preston might want Soak. And I was like, oh, that's a really good idea. And nothing came of it. Thank you for attending my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> but I have then played the leveled up Joey, which is a 3 XP version, two cheaper. And gains a second ability, which is discard an item asset from play to gain two resources. I have played that, Joey, in Bob. Yeah. Bob obviously gets an extra action to play items, so probably doesn't like the top Joey ability, the spend a resource ability, that much. He may as well just use his extra action. But being able to sell items for money is super fun. Yeah, yeah. Joey Zero? Yeah, it's such a weird card.
1: Like, at, at this um, point, stunned into silence. <laughs> yeah, at this point in the game, what what use did he have? His reception at the time was not good, I seem to remember. No, it wasn't good. I, I
0: guess the use would be, say, you put him in skids. You have machete in hand, and you don't need to play machete until an enemy turns up because you've got Joey and you can just pay four for the machete and get machete down. But at this point in the game, people didn't play that way. People mulliganed for machete in hand and played at first action. And they didn't go around relying on agility until they really needed a weapon. Or, you know, same for, say, Flashlight. You get it, you play it, you use it. This idea that you would be rich enough to trade your resources for actions, I don't feel like it was common enough at this point. That, that would be my take. Yeah. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I don't know. Um, Stunned silence. Yeah, he's, he's, he's expensive. But he is mm-hmm. he does he does come with a lot of soak, which is nice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, especially for, I guess, someone disposable that you can you can use him to I just never see myself playing enough items to make him worth it. I think like you say, like that that deck which cycled some cheap assets. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And had a way to bring them back to your hand so you could play them again. Mm. Maybe that's the one that gets the most value out of this. Mm-hmm. Being able to play those cheap assets without spending the action makes them a lot more appealing. You know what I even
0: wanted to do was run the leveled-up Keepsake and Coat, which Mm. has four soak, but if they get defeated, they get exiled. Yeah. And I was thinking about then using Joey to replay them when they were on three damage or horror. Yeah. And bump them out of the slot with the other copy. Yeah. So they never get exiled, and I get lots of soak out of them. It's basically like pay one to soak three. I mean, the other option here is, a, again, like Tony with loads of items. You might want to bring your weapons out at fast speed if you're not running a switchblade, say.
1: But Yeah, t- I mean, you know, Tony comes yeah. with, with items uh, ready to play in him, doesn't he?
0: Yes, yeah. I guess the other issue here, the reason why Joey doesn't make the cut is it. this is a, a curious effect, but is it as good as Leo DeLuca? Yeah, yeah. And most allies at this point in the game, like we didn't say that about Hired Muscle, but the fact of the matter is the first rogue ally was Leo DeLuca. Even Cat Burglar, that's a strong ally in the core set, took a long time for people to acknowledge its strength because there was Leo. I wonder if dropping Joey the Rat's cost from four to two in the upgraded version is a sort of um, covert admission that maybe Joey at level zero should have been three cost. Yeah, maybe maybe Joey's slightly overcosted for what Joey does. Should we move on?
1: Yeah, let's th- let's move on. Right, we have a rogue event. We have Ace in the Hole, zero cost, three XP, Trick Trait, exceptional, fast. Play only during your turn. You may take an additional three actions this turn. Mm. Another mm. card, yet another card, which has been mutated under the taboo rules. Oh, crap. to be really? max once per round. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's probably typical for additional action cards.
0: Yeah. You gain three extra actions, you loop your deck, there's only a few cards in your discard pile, so this goes back in and you draw it again within those three actions, and then you get another three actions.
1: The loop continues. Exceptional, so it is six XP, and you're limited to one per deck. Mm -hmm. I don't know, three extra actions. Is it any good? Mm. I don't think I've ever played it.
0: Really? No, oh. I don't
1: think I have. Maybe yeah. I have.
0: There's more ways of getting this effect now that mean it's it's become less and less common, I think. Because you've now got, say, borrowed time where you can bank actions to then have a sudden blur of actions. This in combination with borrowed time is also pretty funny because you could play this and bank all of those actions for when you need them, so having spent no actions. Yeah. But we've also seen other ways of getting extra actions like haste, where one of the strengths of haste is that you actually just get a drip of extra actions alongside the drip you get from Leo DeLuca, and you don't need a sudden burst. When we did our discussion about... Was it a discussion about extra actions, or was it just discussion about what the rogues do? We, we definitely have talked about this before. And yeah, we definitely idea have, yeah. Of rogues get more actions, but then what's the value of the actions they get? And I've found when I play Ace in the Hole, unless I'm just chipping away at a boss with a switchblade sometimes i can play it for three extra actions but only have two actions worth of stuff i want to do and it feels a bit lame to be like "Mm." and then action six draw (laughs) (laughs) but we do know that there are a few cards now that care about how many actions you've taken payday is the well-known one and then calculated risk is the new one so being able to artificially elongate your turn so that payday ends up paying you six or seven resources and calculated risks is a, is a plus six or seven at the end of your turn, that's to the good. But yeah, broadly speaking, I haven't seen it a lot, probably for that reason. Probably yeah. it's a clump. Yeah. Should I move us on?
1: Yeah let let's let's move on yeah. We're moving into the last pack, aren't
0: we? We are. Yeah. Next the big, the big we have boys. the. Sh- cargo typewriter it's a five cost four xp asset with double combat icons item weapon firearm illicit uses four ammo action spend one ammo fight you may spend any number of additional actions when you perform this attack you get plus two combat for this attack for each action being spent including this ability's action cost this attack deals plus two damage takes up two hand slots Now, I've got to say straight away, icing on the cake here for Contraband, because this is a... Contraband is one cheaper than the typewriter and would give you the same amount of ammo. Yep. And Ace in the Hole to give you lots of actions for boosts. And Icing on the Cake for Double or Nothing, where you've got a card that you can boost really high so you can get over the difficulty of the double test for six damage. Yeah.
1: It's all come
0: together nicely.
1: Yeah. I believe... Sorry, just on, on law i believe this is like a thompson submachine gun isn't it mhm aka a tommy gun uh, i know chicago typewriter actually features in a weapon of that name features in resident evil 4 as well which has just been remastered Ooh. and i believe it's should it should be like... chicago typewriter in quote marks isn't that a nickname mm, yeah but i think it's a commonly used nickname
2: mm-hmm.
1: like a, a to- tommy gun i guess is a nickname as well
2: because
1: mm. it's a Thompson. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe write to the makers of the game protesting mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> but I think it's like the noise it makes. This is like a ch noise. Like a typewriter. Yeah. It was always why I thought it was called a Chicago typewriter.
0: Yeah, I think that's what I thought as well.
1: Is it any good, though? Is it any good? I remember this being played quite a bit. Again, it's not... It's not quite in my wheelhouse, this. Like... High XP rogue fight cards. It's not been a card pool I've really explored.
2: Mm, mm -hmm.
1: And actually, honestly, just high XP weapon cards. Not something I've really been into that much Mm, anyway. mm. So I don't know. I'm probably not best to judge this. Um, I always thought it was nice. Plus two damage. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Three damage solution.
1: Yeah, I, two, I really like the flexibility of it. Plus 2 damage, four, 4 supplies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's sitting in my binder directly below lightning gun. Oof. So, lightning gun costs 1 more, 1 more XP, 1 fewer cost. Still has spend an ammo, you get plus 2 damage. Yeah. However, lightning gun does give you plus 5 fight for the attack. Whereas this, you only get plus two natively. Mm. If you want to get mm. that level of boost, you've got to spend two or three actions. Yeah, Two and a half actions you need to spend. <laughs> Is the spending of the actions actually
0: a trap in this anyway? I mean, I think probably where what you really want to do if you're a rogue fighter with this, you know, you fight for a single action at five in Skids or at five in Jenny. And actually there's much more efficient ways of then boosting your combat, say through hard knocks, than just spending the actions, so maybe what you're doing is playing the typewriter and then playing a like pay to boost style, yeah, rather than actions to boost. Because if mean, you spend two maybe... actions to do three damage, that doesn't feel good to me.
1: I think it's it's a, it's a common exchange of an action to give you something, uh, it gives you kind of two icon equivalents. Mm. So like. We talked about Tennessee Sour Mash earlier. Fingerprint kit is like, you know, each one is like a deduction. So you spend an yeah. action, you you put a deduction in the test. So I think like an action for an overpower, it's it's sort of not like, it's not a bad exchange, I guess. If you've mm-hmm. got no other option, I, I agree with you, you'd typically be putting this in someone who had a good fight anyway, right? So yeah. You, yeah, you probably want to be looking at five fights, really. So it goes into Tony. I guess... What four fight rogues have we got?
0: None, I think.
1: So is it three is the next level at Skids and Jenny? If if you really need to fight a seven, is what I'm saying, is you've got the option there from those those three fight rogues. Yeah. And you don't have... You're like, oh, yeah, well, you can just install a car, which gives you a, a fight boost. Well, if you don't have one, Frank. God, <laughs> I hate you sometimes.
0: <laughs> wow. This took a turn. And this is (laughs) straight after you saying, only spend time with friends and family that you like. (laughs) Don't invest time with the other people. I feel like you're working something out through this episode with me. It's all coming to fruition. Well, do you want to take us home with the last card?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Um, We have a unique card the gold pocket watch, Stealing Time. This, yeah, this is yet another. Mutated card. This is a two-cost, four XP asset. It has a willpower and a wild icon, and it has the item and relic traits. It is exceptional. It's It reads, free trigger, when a phase begins, remove the girl pocket watch from the game, skip this phase, and free trigger, after a phase ends, remove the girl pocket watch from the game, repeat that phase, and it uses the accessory slot. Now, has it, you I said it's, it's another it's, mutated no, card. It's, it's, it's not rated. mutated. It's just... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, can, have you got have you got the writer text handy there? Because you're you're looking at Arkham DB on you. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's the only thing is that it just the two free triggers should be reaction triggers because there isn't no a free triggered free-trigger window, window when a yes. phase begins or ends. That's it. Yeah. But you can react to a timing point using a reaction, so it should just be two reactions. Yeah. Well, Which I mean, reading it seems. It makes complete sense, but it's just that there's not actually a free triggered
1: window at that I, point. I think it's it the took same quite error quite as um... while to be picked up. I seem to remember.
0: Yeah, like it just and te- then what's Nathaniel Cho's signature? Randall Cho has the same thing. Oh, yeah. It has free trigger when Randall Cho enters play, and
1: it should just be a reaction. Yeah, this this is a nice. I, I like this card. I think it's. I think it's good. I've used it quite a few times. I think it's ended up in decks. It, You've committed it quite a few times. I've committed it. Yeah, every time I get it, I just end up committing it. Yeah, it's. I think it's good. It's. There's a few very obvious ways to use it to good effect. Mm-hmm. The two main ones would be to skip the Mythos phase or to repeat the Investigator phase.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That seems like the most obvious ways, but it is flexible in that you could skip... Um, upkeep or the enemy phase or repeat the upkeep phase if if there was anything in particular you need to do in the upkeep phase you know there's quite a few options there mm. to make it quite a
0: flexible card it does actually raise an interesting rules question about if you repeat investigation phase do you still have three actions given that actions <laughs> reset in upkeep yeah. and that has been answered to say that reset actions is mostly there as a convenience to remind people who's had a turn or not mm-hmm. and generally investigators have three actions to take whenever they take a turn and each investigator takes one turn during the investigation phase which is yeah i think that has now some other knock-on effects that we won't go into now yeah. but yeah i'm with you i, I, I agree with you I, i've seen there's a possibility to skip enemy phase to keep everyone alive if you're in a final fight yeah yeah but it feels like the first two phases of the round are more important skip mythos and just Essentially, power on through, particularly if it means you get another turn because you're about to doom out, yeah. Or, yeah, repeat investigation to really push on.
1: Yeah, it's a weird one. Like, you'd think if you're skipping the enemy phase because there's a big enemy there, you might as well just do the investigator phase again to try and get rid of it because mm. you're only going to have to deal with it again next turn and yeah. you'll have had the mythos phase, yes. Yeah, but I mean, who knows? You know, the option is there, yeah, yeah. The option is there. Stopping hunter yeah. enemies from moving is is not bad, I
0: mm-hmm. guess.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Again, like yeah, they just move next turn. I don't know. Maybe there's a reason to do it.
0: Yeah, we'd probably have to think of specific examples to make that
1: worthwhile. Um
0: Other thing to shout out is Arkham and Flames, way back in 2019. <laughs> we played a big game of labyrinths where we invited players to play each table would be just drawn from one class so all the investigators would be one class (laughs) and when you play labyrinths the three tables that are playing together need to play in sync so when you get to the end of the round you have to wait until the other two tables are ready to go to the next round and we got to the end game and the rogue table essentially made the other two tables wait for probably 25 minutes because they'd set up that at least two of them if not more of them had gold pocket watches So they played investigation phase, removed a gold pocket watch from the game, played another investigation phase, which included another investigator playing their copy of gold pocket watch onto the table because it's unique. So they couldn't have been there and removing that at the end of the phase to get another investigation phase. It was obscene. People were really amused by it, I think, and a little bit stunned to go to an event and see some rogues just, like just hour long investigation yeah, phase <laughs> breaking the game and just being like this is why a team of four rogues gets things done yeah yeah so yeah pretty pretty hilarious so you can pull off really fun things like that like i i think it this is a card that really grows in power based on player count because you can just get so much more do- I, don't, I don't think i've ever run it solo or maybe once you can get so much more done when it's hey take 12 or you know, 14, 15 actions this round rather than just, here's another three.
1: Well, the, the yeah, exactly, yeah. I think to build on that, I think it grows in power when you know that you don't have to do the enemy phase. Mm-hmm. So, so knowing that the next phase is another investigator phase is better kind of than just having two investigator phases because you're like, yes, well, okay, yeah. I've got an enemy engaged with me. I know I don't have to evade it and then evade it again next turn. I can just mm-hmm. evade it and then I've got, you know five more actions to do what i need to do i yeah. mean that, 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 yeah. that's a kind of basic example but like or, or you know you've got an enemy, a big enemy with retaliate or something like that you can just evade it once and then all lay into it without having to evade it again the following turn absolutely yeah even if you then for that first
0: investigation phase maybe you do more of a setup than you would otherwise do like we're in this high pressure situation and i really could do with an, another intellect boost to keep getting clues if you know you're going to get six, seven actions worth of actions over the next two investigation phases with no break. Yeah, maybe you do take that time to play that card, whatever it is, just exactly for as you say, because you know what's happening next. Is it worth 8 XP? Um... <sighs> Probably for the the game-breaking potential. <laughs> I can't see where else
1: it would be placed. Like, six feels a bit too low i think Mm -hmm. and any more is too much six is really the only other place you can go three xp and exceptional
0: yeah yeah and of course ace in the hole really needs to be three xp to gate it to rogue rogue specifically yeah and lola because yeah that three xp break point of keeping out off-class rogues seems to matter if you're going to have a card that just gives you loads more actions so then you're stuck do you make this three xp as well probably not. So then, yeah, you're ending up at 8. It's definitely not a 5 it's, XP exceptional card.
1: It's it's lovely to spend 8 XP and have, like, a moment where everyone... It's it's an XP card which makes everyone feel better mm-hmm. because they get to do what they, they do again and it kind of multiplies the effect of the experience they've spent on their decks
2: mm-hmm.
1: where it's still the rogue that has triggered it. Mm-hmm. So the rogue player gets to feel good, everyone else gets to feel good and you sort of—it's—it's it's always going to be useful, I guess. Mm, mm. Um, it might be you're already doing well and you use it. <laughs> at which point, yeah, great, well done, you folks. Even though it's a one-shot, that yeah. what I'm trying to say is, even though it's a one-shot effect, it's going to—it's going to have an impact. It's going to lead to a memorable moment in the game when you do it. Mm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Cool. So that is the rogue cards of the Dunwich Legacy expansion. Peter, standouts, final thoughts, conclusions?
1: Um, yeah, I think I, I'll return to my point, which is that a lot of these cards, I don't know, I don't want to say the design is immature, because um, it's not. There's some, some of the cards have really, really stood the test of time. Like, quick thinking, always mm. worth looking at. There's quite a few cards that ended up very strong. Like, mm-hmm. the amount of, like, wording tweaks we had to read out. Uh, both yeah, from mutated yeah. lists and from errata indicate that they didn't quite get some of the wording right there's mm, some real mm. misses like contraband I think is just didn't quite hit the mark It when yeah, you look Joey at the, the cards well. enjoy the rat. Yeah. when you look at the cards up, several were upgraded over the course of time in Return to Dunwich Legacy they went back to both think on your feet and contraband mm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which I think is a good indication when they haven't quite got a card right
0: Mm.
1: Mm. what does I think on your feet is when an enemy enters your location
0: mm. yeah so you that's can exciting. use it then for spawning or hunting yeah it's really nice
1: and I don't think the cycle really did much to define what the class did aside from that's what
0: I was gonna extra say extra actions yeah.
1: like we, I don't think we, we got to this the end of this cycle knowing any more about rogues than we did when we entered it except more extra
2: actions
1: (laughs) and they got another weapon and a
0: high cost relic it feels like rogues were pulled between needing to be able to contribute in some way to what the game asks of you and then the designers wanting to flesh out some of the other ideas for rogue Mm. such as succeed by x big money extra actions which in themselves aren't ways of contributing to... Is that helping you pass a combat test, an intellect test, or agility test? Not necessarily. It might give you another try at it in the case of extra actions or give you resources to put into it, but it doesn't directly feed into that. So it feels like these can't... It feels like the expansion for Rogue was in terms of breadth rather than depth or specificity. Yeah. And I feel like that's how it was in the core set and it adds to it in in dunwich and then maybe that's why there are certain cards that really stand out where if they're really useful right now at this point in the game they've probably then stood the test of time so lone wolf is great now and it has basically not been surpassed similarly what streetwise was doing we've spent a lot of time talking about streetwise anyway but what it does really hits a spot in terms of helping rogues contribute Yeah, yeah. And there aren't that many other cards. You know, you're not saying, well, Streetwise, as I said right at the start, lockpicks isn't out yet. You're not saying, oh, do I need Streetwise if I have lockpicks? This is your investigate solution. So it becomes even more precious.
1: It's interesting we sort of tied the idea of a more evasion-focused build or a character being able to focus on enemy management through evasion is tied to the introduction of the cycle that had Vengeance as a mechanic. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, there Two is something away. in that, but is it potentially also that it wasn't until that point? So we, the 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 rogue we get in Carcosa is Sephina, yeah, who's not really a rogue. Like it's always says you, but yeah, <laughs> like she 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 kind of sits in a in a weird bracket where she leans into a lot of the mystic kind of way of playing. She has, and she, she has. Can. She can. She can. I think she has quite an idiosyncratic style of building a deck as well. Mm, she does. Just yeah. Pack in all of the events because
0: um, she, she's also event focused. That's
1: the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some lovely mystic events she can include as well.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. And compare with the, what events were available here. Think on your feet. Maybe why I'm running it in in Seth is that that's a good. Include for her, but I don't know if I'm running contraband or I'm. Maybe I'm running a one of I, I'm Alter here. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not like the events here.
1: I'm out of here with the Painted World.
0: You can, yeah. Great. (laughs) Sorry, you were making a point
1: there about... Yeah, and maybe adding to the fact that that we did get ventured in that cycle, so so avoiding enemies became more appealing, with the fact we got Finn and Mm. through sort of the back end of Carcosa, we started to see some of the cards that worked with finn and also mm. and a more evasion focused style like pickpocketing level two i think was back end of carcosa mm. mm-hmm. maybe here's a wild thought what
0: if finn was the rogue in the corset
1: yeah it's interesting we, we've made a lot of the fact that f- if, when you look at the stats and the abilities finn and skids aren't that dissimilar no is it comp- one stat point different is it combat and intellect is that how it, no, 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 it's one willpower lower. Yes, Finn, that's it. And one, one intellect, intellect higher. Yeah,
0: Both have an extra action. One of them pays for it, the other one gets it, but it only gives them an evade.
1: Yeah, but Finn crucially can pick up some of those Seeker cards to make better use of that intellect.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know. I, it's, it's an interesting puzzle. I, I don't think I'm skilled enough at playing Rogue to really be the expert on this. You look through, I mean, you look through the card, I, I, as you were talking, you probably heard me leafing through the, the you know, it wasn't until the next cycle we got Lockpicks, which is now in the core set. Yeah. So so, so the, the, the the rogue cards in the next big box were Stealth, Sleight of Hand, Daring maneuver, and Lockpicks. And you can start to see more of a shape emerging to the faction at that point. And then Knuckle Duster, Moxie, then what have we got? Sneak Attack <sighs> Level 2.
0: You say there's a shape, but... Dario,
1: yeah. cheap shot yeah, and pickpocketing Dar- came in one pack together. And then what came towards the end of the cycle? Watch this. Upgraded Derringer, narrow escape, suggestion. Jesus. And then Sharon Zobel, Lupara and Cheap Death in the last pack. I don't know, there's there's, there's a little bit more that come in there. Uh, I think then you get in the next pack, that's when you get thin. And suddenly Finn has printed on his card, use me to evade. At that Mm, point, you've mm. got upgraded pickpocketing. You've got lockpicks. You've got enough
0: illicit cards as well by that point. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we've gone long once again. We seem to enjoy these explorations. I
1: do, yeah. I I didn't pick out my favourite card, actually. I was just about to ask you that to end. I'm going to spin back through. I mean, obviously, I love lucky dice. Um... (laughs) And I think you're going to you pick tread. Lone Wolf. So why no, don't I not. go for? I think I had one in my head. I'm just flipping back through the pages. Oh, it's got to be double or nothing, right? Yeah. Even though it's, for you, it has to be donuts. Yeah, donut. It, it's it is banned, but I have so many. I really enjoyed the gameplay. It it enabled. I'd love yeah. to see the effect back in the game in a certain form at a more balanced level.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Mm
1: -hmm. donut for life how about you Frank
0: well you said I was going to pick Lone Wolf I actually am not I'm going to pick Opportunist 2 because of how excited I'm feeling about Kaimani
1: Opportunist (laughs) (laughs) man. if these episodes they often do that where we I'm going to go and build that deck now
0: yeah yeah I didn't think I'd get anything out of this but I've got (laughs) one thing out of this
1: yeah every time we do these episodes we go a bit longer actually I think this is the longest one yet it is I'm already dreading editing. Oh, email. I'm sorry, Frank.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you can get in touch with us. We're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on Facebook, Twitter, designed by humans and Patreon. Thank you so much to all our patrons. Peter, how can people get in touch with you?
1: I'm United everywhere. The Everywhere is not part of the name. I'm on Twitter and Discord and Reddit and a bunch of other places. Steam as United. And then I'm on Instagram as the.united. So please say hello. How about you, Frank? I'm FB on Twitter, that's E-P-H
0: underscore B-E-E, and then I'm around the place as Zooey Glass and Zozo.
1: Remember that Drawn to the Flame are now streaming regularly, once a month at the moment, on Twitch. Tends to be, what, the last Friday or the second last Friday of the month, Frank?
0: Yeah, that sounds right, yeah.
1: So keep an eye on our Facebook page and our other social media to find out when that is. We are aiming to play a variety of video games and board games. Spot on, yeah. Yeah, please join us. And thank, thank you for you. thank you for listening. Bye.